Hi, I'm Daniel, and this is Time in the Word on Faith FM. I'm here today with Grace, and we're going to begin a Bible study series on the book of John. Today we're going to be studying John chapter 1 and verse 1 to 18. How are you going today, Grace? Good, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. That's great. Would you like to start with a little prayer for us before we get into God's Word? Sure. Dear God, thank you that I could be here with Daniel today. I pray that um, you'll bless us and help us to understand it. Thank you f- that it's not raining today, and I pray for everyone who's listening. Please give them a blessing. Amen. Amen. That was beautiful. Well, we're going to start by reading John chapter 1 and verse 1 to 3. Would you like to read it for us, please? Sure. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. I was reading the New King James Version. Yeah, that's really great, isn't it? I'm just looking at those three verses, you know. I'm not sure if you're aware, but these three verses have become the source of a whole lot of controversy between Christians over the last 2,000 years. In one sense, they're really simple, but in another sense, they're really powerful and profound. Is there anything that you think is interesting about those three verses? Well, I was looking at that, and the word I thought meant God, but then it said, in the beginning it was with God. So, if it was with God, how was it with God if it was not written yet? Well, that's a really good question, isn't it? I mean, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the biggest question is, what is the Word? What or who is the Word? And I think the answer to it is actually down in verse 14, not to get ahead of ourselves, but would you like to read it for us, please? Sure. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we behold His glory, the glory as if of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Yeah, so who who is it that you think that the Word is talking about when John uses that word, the Word? Jesus. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems clear, doesn't it? The Word became flesh. That's talking about uh, be, about Jesus. In actual fact, in Greek, John is using the word logos, which had a fair bit of meaning for, for the people at that time. It had to do with the ultimate thing. It was, uh, they said that before anything, there was the Word, and the Word, in a sense, brought everything else into being. The difference with uh, with the pagan idea of Logos was it was spiritual and above everything that we can comprehend of or touch. It was a spirit thing. It wasn't anything to do with the physical. And because of that, something so high and pure would never come down and touch our human lives. And uh, so when John says that the word became flesh, it really is something amazing that he's saying there. He's saying that God, the ultimate God, actually entered into our race and became one with us. It's amazing, isn't it? It's clever because if the pagans thought of that, if he said it was the word, then they would kind of go with it. Yeah, they would have sat up and listened and said, we know what you're talking about. And then when he said the word became flesh, it would have really amazed them, wouldn't it? So would you like to read from verse 4 to 5, please? Sure. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Sort of gives you a picture of everything being dark, everything everywhere being dark, and then a light coming in and illuminating that whole area, doesn't it? Mm. Sort of like when you walk into a dark room and switch on a light. What we have to understand here as we study throughout the book of John is that John is actually introducing a whole bunch of themes that he's going to develop throughout the course of his book. This idea of the Word, this idea of everything coming to being through the Word, but especially this idea of light and darkness and life is going to become really, really important. And the thing is that John is saying that everything here is dark until Jesus 
enters into that experience. When do you think that that darkness began? When Satan decided to disobey. Well, in a sense it did, but it takes us all the way back to the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned, didn't it? When God's perfect world became full of darkness. So I'm going to read from verse 6 down to 10. And John here moves from these grand themes of creation and beginning, and he comes all the way down to a man. It says in verse 6, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. Who is that talking about? Well, Jesus is the light, and John was a little bit trying to help a little bit of what God had planned for that part of the world. Yeah, for sure. And in a sense, John the Baptist, he's filled with the same Holy Spirit as all the prophets of all the Old Testament. And just like that whole Old Testament pointed forward to that special person coming into the world, so John the Baptist, his ministry pointed forward to Jesus. So how would you like to read from verse 10 down to verse 14 again? He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. It tells us something pretty sad about Jesus, doesn't it? He came to his own and his own did not receive him. What does that mean? Well, Jesus came to the earth to teach everybody about God and his plan for us, but then they put him on a cross and he died. And it was his own people, wasn't it? You know, he wasn't crucified by people from a long way away, from by the Arabs or by the pagans or anyone like that. He was, well, in a sense he was. I mean, the Romans crucified him. It was under Roman authority, but... It was his own family, his own cousins and second cousins and his own friends that eventually um, were resulted in him being crucified. So for him to come to his own, this light, it's been dark for so long. You can imagine being dark, the, the world's been dark for 4,000 years and finally this light comes into the world and it says he came to his own and his own did not receive him. It sort of says something about us as human beings that even when somebody wants to tell us the truth and bring light into our life, there's a desire for us to want to reject that and to turn our backs on it because it uh, points out the darkness in our own hearts. Yeah, and in a way that kind of relates to all of us because there's probably problems at our school where everyone thinks you're weird and you kind of want to turn your back on Jesus because you don't want other people to think you're weird. Yeah, that's so true. Thank you for that. How would you like to read from verse 12 to 14? But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So now we have something really amazing here, because it says that this is another one of those uh, big themes that we're going to find from John again and again throughout the book. But it says that we have got the right ourselves, because the Son of God came down into our family, we have got the right to become sons of God or children of God, it says in the NLT. It says that we have the right. What does it mean to have the right to do something? Well, I have the right to make decisions when I grow up, like the right to have my own choice between whether I want to smoke or not or different things like that. 
and it's a right that I have a say in everything when I'm 18. That's true. And you know what? We talk about human rights. We talk about you've got the right to a certain amount of food and you've got a right to water and shelter and to feel safe and all of that. But the Bible tells us that one right that we have before heaven is to be God's children. And how does it say in that verse that we actually get that right? By God. Well, it's the action of God, absolutely, but it's something that we do as well. Have a look there in verse 12 again. And how is it that we get the right to become children of God? But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. So if we receive him. If we receive him, and actually if you read the rest of the verse, he says to those who believed in his name. So we believe him and we receive him. And that's how we get the right, you know. So we put our our faith and our trust in Jesus for our salvation and we ask for the Holy Spirit to come and live in our hearts. The Bible says that we're children of God. So let's read from verse 15 and we're going to go all the way down to verse 18. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Somebody is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, one who is himself God, and who is near to the Father's heart, he has revealed God to us. So the three, like God, Jesus, and the Spirit, are one, and you can't know God unless you know Jesus. We know that. But Jesus came down to show everyone God. That's confusing. Yeah, well, it's an amazing thought, isn't it? And it seems to be what it's saying. And you're absolutely right mentioning the Holy Spirit there because you can see that, that John mentions Moses and he also makes a big thing about John the Baptist as well. And this is his another one of the big themes that we're going to find is that John's book isn't independent of the Old Testament. He's tying up a whole bunch of themes that are right there in the beginning. Remember there in, in Genesis, God spoke into the darkness and created light. He said, let there be light. And um, that's what God's presence does. And that's what John's referring to here when he talks about Jesus. Absolutely true. He points us to the great grand themes that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are working to bring us to a knowledge of God through Jesus Christ. And it says that he's the unique one, that he's himself God, and that he's actually revealed God to us. And this tells us something about who God is. God isn't somebody that's distant up there and that sends rules down and wants to step on us, but he's actually somebody that enters into our very experience. He enters into our very lives. In fact, the way that we get salvation and become children of God is to receive him, that he's actually willing to come down into us. And this is a sort of God, this is a sort of Jesus that we get to have a relationship with every single day. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah, I would say amen. Well, we're out of time now. It's been a real pleasure studying uh, God's Word with you today. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Lovely. Let's finish with a prayer, shall we? Dear Jesus, it's so beautiful to uh, begin this foray into the book of John. And uh, thank you for this time with grace. And I ask that your spirit will help us, Lord, to understand how much you love us and uh, how much you want to be in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you've been listening to Daniel and Grace, and this has been Time in the Word on Faith FM. Tune in again next time for the second half of the first chapter of John. John.